Today we're starting our first series um, of the year, and I want you, if you wouldn't mind, take out your bulletin on the inside. You're going to have a little outline that'll help you follow along better. And uh, like the song we sang during worship, the title of this series is Heaven Open. And the title of this series and the, title of, the titles of these messages are more than a request, even though, yes, they are. It is a request, but it's even more a declaration. It's not so much we're asking for heaven to open, but we are declaring heaven is open. Amen. Come on, say heaven open. And uh, because we're going to start this year uh, with 21 days of fasting and prayer, like they spoke about uh, in the announcements, I'll talk a little bit more about that here in a few minutes. I want to start this series and I want to start this year moving us into a season that I don't believe is just for 21 days. 21 days is just kind of like the ground breaking, but um, a new season of prayer, a new atmosphere of prayer here at Encounter Church. And the title of today's message is Prayer Positions. Prayer positions, and I want you to hear the way I say it. It's not prayer positions. We're not going to talk about different positions of prayer right on your knees, on your face, standing, eyes closed, eyes open, head bowed. No, not prayer positions, but prayer positions. It's a verb, okay? Prayer does something. It positions. And before I get into the meat of today's message, I want to give you a verse that we're probably going to be reading a few times over this next uh, month, and that is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22. It says, in him, and in him, that is in Christ, you too, come on, tell your neighbor, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. What an amazing promise, what an amazing privilege to be the church of Jesus Christ. And when I say church, I don't mean this building, I don't mean any building for that matter, but to be the church, which is the word ecclesia, which means those who have been called out, right? Those of us who have been caught out of darkness and out of the world and into the light and the truth of Jesus. We are the very people of God. We're the family of God. And it says together we are being built to become a dwelling in which God lives. Come on, somebody say, God lives here. But let's make it even more real. Why don't you maybe touch your heart and say, God lives here. And maybe tell your neighbor, God lives here or there, but here. And this is more than what we think it is. The reality of this is so much more than what we have experienced thus far. This is not a theory. This is not a nice thought that we just kind of know by principle, God lives in his church, but there's really not much evidence of him. This is not meant to be a thought, a theory, some sort of religious, ethereal idea. It's certainly not a cliche. This is meant to be 
and available to be our experiential reality. It is something that we are called to experience. It's something that's meant to be tangible, even visible. We're called to be on the earth, a dwelling place where God is literally alive. We're called to be, as we read in 1 Corinthians, that house of God where people will come in to our midst. And it says that when they come into our midst, they'll drop to their knees and say, God is here. And that is a promise that we have, cling, uh, have prayed and we cling to as a church. That God will literally, tangibly live in us and live among us. And we are praying and believing that 2019... We're going to see in 2019, we're going to see heaven open over us like never before because we've experienced the presence of God in this place. Amen. How many have experienced the presence of God in your life? How many have experienced the presence of God in your life in this place where you've literally come into Encounter Church and had an encounter with the presence of God? I believe that that is only going to be on the increase, right? And maybe you say, not me. Well, I believe this is your year. Maybe today is your day that you're going to have a tangible, personal experience with the presence of God. This is a year, I believe, of the increase of His presence. I, I believe it's a year of the increase of His power. I believe it's a year of increase of His glory in our lives and in our midst. And not just a visitation of the Holy Spirit. I believe God wants to raise up, create, establish in us and through us a dwelling place for his tangible presence. A place where not only do every once in a while do we have a little bit of revival. Come on, somebody. That's not what I'm talking about because a lot of times we think about the visitation of the Holy Spirit like a, oh, every once in a while we just have a real powerful fiery service and I felt the anointing and woo and whatever, you know, that those are good times, those are good moments, but that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're praying for. We're not just praying for extra special meetings where you get chill bumps. We're not just praying for extra special meetings where somebody gets healed. We're not praying for extra special services where maybe you get baptized in the Holy Spirit or, I don't know, someone gets slain in the Spirit or there's some sort of manifestation or sign or wonder. Y'all, we're going to have all of that. We have had all of that, and we're going to have a lot more of that, but that's not the point. That's not even the goal. The goal is never the manifestations, the healings, the miracles. Those just come along with the package of this thing that we call his presence. It's all about Jesus' presence, the light that God is in fact alive in us and in this place. I believe he's called us to be a dwelling place for his manifest presence in our city and in our generation. And as we come, as we, you know, we're, we've been pursuing this. If you've been here even for a little bit, You've probably heard the word revival. And in fact, when you come into our church, uh, I, I love how our, uh, our mission words, our mission statement got renewed. Thank you, Andy, again. Um, you know, and instead of being bright and shiny, and those were awesome, but look at that back there. How awesome is that? Our, our mission statement has been renewed. And, 
Every time you walk in, you see that third word there, right? Which is revive. It's something that we constantly talk about. We constantly pray for. I don't think we ever even have a prayer meeting without praying for revival, right? But when we say the word revival, we're not just, we're not talking about just like a bunch of special meetings where the power is extra special. I believe that we have to come to grips with something as we pray for revival and as we talk about revival, we've got to understand something. We are not asking really for God to quote unquote send anything. Are y'all with me? We're not asking God if we understand this really from a true biblical and historical standpoint. We are not asking God to open the heavens and come down. Even though we may pray those type of prayers and words sometimes, you have to understand we've got to come to grips with a real true biblical understanding of this. We're not asking for heaven to open. We are declaring heaven is open. Heaven is open. In fact, since the day of Pentecost, heaven, I heard it said like this recently, heaven's been open for business. Right? There's no such thing as, you know, heaven doesn't have an um, open and closed schedule. And you got to make sure you go, you, you go when it's open and not when it's closed, right? The other night we went to a restaurant and, uh, you know, we were desiring this certain food. And, and, you know, all of a sudden we got there and it said closed. It's like, but Google said you are open, right? How many of you are glad that <laughs> we depend on something better than Google, right? <laughs> we depend on the Word of God, and we know that based on the Word of God on the day of Pentecost, heaven that had only been, and when I say heaven, I mean the, the Spirit of God, right? The presence of God, the supernatural presence and power and glory of God that had only at different times and in different places, there were certain momentary visitations of the power and the glory of God, right? I just read about it, and when, when Solomon built the temple, and all of a sudden, after he prayed, the glory of God invaded that place, and it, then, then it was gone, right? That was the Old Testament reality, but Jesus, when Jesus went to the cross, and he died on the cross, what happened in the temple? Do you guys remember what happened in the temple? The veil that represented the separation between us and God, the natural and the spirit, right? The veil was torn in two. In other words, there is no longer any barrier. There is no longer any separation between the natural and the spiritual. The whole spiritual world is now at our fingertips. It's available because Jesus went to the cross. But if that weren't enough, he told the disciples, wait, there's something even better coming. I'm going to ascend into heaven, but I want you to wait here in, Jer in Jerusalem because I'm going to send what my father promised. You're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, it happened. The Holy Spirit was poured out. And every word, every prophetic word from the Old Testament and every prophetic word from Jesus, that the Holy Spirit would not only be in and around us, but that the Holy Spirit would literally come on the inside of us and upon us and we would be filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. It happened. And once that happened on the day of Pentecost, it was permanent. God didn't just open the heavens up on the day of Pentecost and go, and then close them back. No. No, 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 no. Come on. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that the day of Pentecost for me is every day. 
I don't, I'm not just baptizing the Holy Spirit when I come in here and have an experience or on certain occasions when I feel the Holy Ghost, right? No, the Holy Spirit is a reality. The presence and the power and the glory of God can be a reality in my life every single day, every single moment, through every season of life. Because tell your neighbor, heaven is open. Now, if heaven is open for business, and it has been since the day of Pentecost, why aren't we experiencing heaven on earth like the Bible says we can? Why do we even pray prayers like, come on somebody, more Lord. We just prayed it and sang it, didn't we? I recently heard the testimony of a of, of, of a man of God, he's a, he's a great man of God, a revivalist, actually. And it says that back in the day, he used to get um, bothered when people would say, more, Lord. And, you know, in the different moves of God throughout history, there's been a lot of prayers and a lot of songs that have been written, like, more love, more power, more of you. And, you know, more, Lord, more, Lord. And, and, and I'm pretty sure we sang more, Lord, or prayed it. And it said that used to bother him because he said, from a biblical standpoint, there is no more. It's not like God gave part of himself when he opened heaven and poured out the Holy Spirit. But I think we could all agree none of us are experiencing the all that God has made available. So you better bet I pray more, Lord. It's not so much more you need to do something more. It's somehow I need to get more in the right position or to experience everything that he has it's not listen i'm just gonna say some things that have been, been on my heart it's not really about god pouring out more of himself it's about us aligning and positioning ourselves to experience all he's already made available through the baptism of the holy spirit it's not really about god releasing the river even though we sing let the river flow right it's not about him really needing to release the river. It's about us letting the river overflow from our spirit and flow out into our midst and into our world, right? We aren't waiting for the rain of heaven. This is something I recently heard that it just blessed me. It just messed me up, okay? It made me totally see what we are pursuing in a different light, okay? We are not waiting for the rain of heaven, we are living in the time of rain. See, somebody besides me felt that one. But, but, but we don't act like that. We don't even pray like that. We pray and we act like we're waiting on God to do something. And yes, I am waiting on more of the manifestation of his presence, but I realize something. It's less about him and it's more about me. It's less about trying to convince him to do something. that It's not about trying to convince him to do something he's already done. It's about me getting myself into the right position to experience all that he's already done. It's not about God, please release your river. It's God, there's the river. I'm going to get in and I'm going to flow with it. It's not God, make it rain, make it rain, make it rain, but God, it is raining. I got to get under the shower. We are not waiting for the rain of heaven. We are living in the time of rain. The people of God, now this one might hurt a little bit because it sure hurt me. We, the people of God, aren't waiting for revival. 
Revival is waiting on us. Revival is waiting on the people of God to get under the open heaven that has been open since the day of Pentecost. Come on, I think this might be in your outline. The Spirit is being poured out. But not everyone is positioned to receive it. If we are waiting for God to pour out his spirit, we missed the memo. (laughs) The spirit has been being and is being poured out. And listen, read it in your Bible, but I invite you to take a trip around the world. I don't have the money for that. We'll take a trip around the world on YouTube. We have that ability today. Let me tell you something. The spirit is being poured out. And we may not be experiencing what everybody else is experiencing, but let me tell you something. The spirit of God has been and is being poured out. And I don't know about you, but I want to get under the spout. Amen. I don't want to just read about revival in Indonesia. I don't want to just go to Cuba and see the spirit of God poured out on a mission trip. I don't want to just hear about all that happened for decades in Argentina, how the Holy Spirit was poured out. I don't want to just talk about what happened in Pensacola and Toronto and what's happening over in Dawsonville right now. I don't want to just talk about it. I don't want to just hear about it. I want to experience it for myself. And I'm sorry if I'm yelling. I tend to yell anyway, but I'm sorry if I'm overly excited today. But let me tell you something. We are not waiting for revival. Revival is waiting on us. And it is time, it is time to position ourselves to receive it. The presence is manifesting, but not everyone is hosting his presence. And that's where I want us to go for the rest of this message. The presence of God is manifesting powerfully. In many places across the earth. And we have experienced his manifest presence here many times and in different ways. But there is more. There is more. And I want to be a host of his presence. You can have, this is, this is where I, it really hits me and it really gets me, and I'll probably preach a whole message about this, but let me just bear with me for a second. It's one thing to have the presence of Jesus available, literally, revelation, knocking at the door of our heart. It's another thing to actually host him, to open the door. I don't know about you, but that's what I want to be. And that's what I want this place to be. I want to host his presence. So if this is reality, and much more on this in the coming weeks, right? We talk about reach, disciple, revive. Our vision, right? Our mission is to reach people. It's to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ 
to see the lost saved, to see the backslider come home, disciple, to teach the truth, to teach people to follow Jesus, right? To model that, but revive, right? To see revival. One of our main goals as a church, hear this with your heart today, because we're moving into this more and more. One of our main goals as a church, which reflects that mission word, revive, is to develop an atmosphere of sustained presence. To develop an atmosphere of sustained presence. This is the revival we constantly talk about and pray for. That's what we mean when we say that. To develop an atmosphere of sustained presence. Not just little touches of his presence here and there. But for God to find a place, to find a people where he feels welcome and hosted. Where his presence can permeate and be permanent. I've been to places like this. Where literally we would drive into the parking lot and your, the hair on your arm would stand on end. Because the presence was there. And it had nothing to do with the building. It had everything to do with the people. And their humble hunger for God. And, and, and the desire for there's always more. We are not there yet. What we are experiencing is not it yet. There's more. I want to be a place where the atmosphere is the sustained presence of God. So how? How do we properly position ourselves to host the presence and the glory of God? One word, prayer. Prayer. Prayer is not the only part of this. But it is an essential part without which it ain't going to happen. Both scripture and history reveal one common denominator in all outpourings of God's glory. And it was an atmosphere of prayer. Not just prayers here and there. An atmosphere of prayer. A culture of prayer. Prayer gets us and keeps us in the right position for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because prayer is direct connection to God. Prayer gets us and keeps us in the right position for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Prayer positions us under the outpouring of God's unlimited supply of the Holy Spirit. Man, that excites me. That encourages me to know that what I have so far experienced is not all there is to it. To know that there is more and that the supply of his spirit is unlimited. It's never going to run out. Living water. And that's how Jesus talked about it. Like a river of living water. Artesian well. Water that never runs out. It never runs dry. And an atmosphere of prayer. A heart of prayer. The atmosphere of my heart. In the atmosphere of a church being prayer literally positions us to be in constant contact and accessing the unlimited supply of the Holy Spirit. Through prayer, I like to look at it like this. Through prayer, we get under and stay under the outpouring. Through prayer, we get under 
And then once we're under, we stay under and not come and go. We stay under the outpouring of God's presence. Prayer positions us under the open heaven. So when we make prayer the atmosphere of our heart, we literally experience the reality of what Jesus said. Uh, I alluded to it, but let me read it. John 7, 37 through 39, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. Come on, somebody. This is for anyone who's thirsty, for anyone who's hungry, for anyone who believes. It's not for a select few. Even as Miss Liv prophesied today, you may feel like that's not you. Let me tell you, if you're thirsty and you believe, it's you. It's for you. Anyone who's thirsty, anyone who believes may come and drink. As the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said living water, I love how it explains it here. He was speaking of the spirit who had not yet been given to everyone believing in him. Because why? Because the day of Pentecost hadn't happened yet. He was giving them a promise of what their life would and could be like when the Holy Spirit was to come. And, you know, as I take a look at the Bible, and what we're going to do basically for the rest of our, our time together is read some scriptures. Is that all right? It's going to be easy. You're just going to have to follow along on the screen. You might want to jot a few things down here or there. But when I read <clears throat> the New Testament, I get encouraged because I see that this is not just a theory, and not only is it something that I've heard of happening around the world, not only is it something that I've seen in other places, but I see it right here recorded in the scriptures that the first church, the first believers, they tapped into this. Like they had, they cultivated a culture, an atmosphere of the sustained presence of God because they prayed. And they didn't just pray here and there. How about we read it? Is that all right? Can we go to the book of Acts? And, and uh, uh, all the scriptures are kind of there in your outline. So if you want to just follow along, I'm going to jump throughout a few chapters here. It says, then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. Why, why, where were they coming from? Jesus had just ascended. That's right. All right. So this is when this happens. Jesus had just ascended and he had told them, okay, stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. So they just uh, they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a different distance of about half a mile. And when they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. And here are the names of those who were present, Peter, John, James, Andrew, and all them, right? They all met together. They all met together. They all met together. We're about to find out. I'll read it in a minute, but I'll go ahead and tell you so you can just get this in, the, in, the, in your mind's image. They all met together, and at this point, there was about 120 of them, okay? It was about 120 believers, and they all met together um, const and were constantly what? Constantly? Sorry, let me go back in that. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Sounds like a, a thing, <laughs> It wasn't just, oh, yeah, we pray. We're Christians. We pray to God. It says they all met together, and they were constantly united in prayer. Not just every once in a while on a Sunday morning, not right after the third song of praise and worship, we take five minutes to pray. 
And I mean, that's a part of it. That's a very big part of it. Because on Sunday morning is when the biggest number of us are all together, right? That's a part of it. But it, it says that they met together and were constantly united in prayer. Along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and several other women, uh, the brothers of Jesus, during this time there were about 120 believers were together in one place, and Peter stood and addressed them. And then there's something happened. Let's jump to uh, chapter 2. Okay? We're talking about this same group of people that were constantly united in prayer. prayer. It says on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Same deal. Suddenly... There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and set on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Come on, somebody say, heaven opened. This is when it happened. This is when all the promises, all, this was promised throughout the Old Testament that one day the Spirit of God wouldn't just be contained but would be released into the heart of every one of God's people. It's the new covenant. And Jesus made it possible by shedding his blood on the cross, by getting rid of the barrier of sin so that we could be reopened to be filled with the Spirit of God. And on the day of Pentecost, it happened, but it happened in an atmosphere of united prayer. Let's jump to the end of that same chapter because a bunch of stuff happens and a bunch of people get saved. In fact, I think 3,000, it went from 120 to 3,120, just like that, okay? Because the Holy Spirit was poured out. And then it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to sharing in meals, and to, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer so we got discipleship and fellowship happening and we have prayer and they were it says they were devoted to it a deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders so the holy spirit was not only poured out and not only were people filled with the holy spirit and speaking in tongues and all these people get saved and all this kind of stuff but then miracles and signs start happening why because heaven was open open for business and the business of heaven is salvation, it is healing, it is signs, it is wonders, it is miracles, it is tangible presence. That's the business of heaven. And heaven was open. And then, um, I don't even know what chapter I'm in anymore. Where are we going? Chapter 4. Um, Peter and John were arrested for preaching the gospel. I'm giving you a little backstory here, okay? They were arrested for preaching the gospel because heaven opened and crazy things started happening. And Jerusalem, you, you know, they were already upset with Jesus. And now the Holy Spirit came on all the believers and they were preaching the, the gospel everywhere. And signs and wonders and miracles were happening. And the name of Jesus was getting a big, huge reputation. So they arrest Peter and John and throw them in jail, right? Right? And then we know that they get free, and I'm not going to go into that whole story, but Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them that what the leading priests and elders had said. And they told him, do you guys remember what the leading priests and elders told him? Don't you preach in his name anymore. All right. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer. 
to God. Oh, sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. And they keep praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And they're all, they're, there's this awesome, powerful prayer meeting. They're all together praying. And let's jump down to the end of that prayer. And now, oh, Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. They don't want us to preach. We're going to do it anyway. Give us boldness, right? Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Again? I thought you only got filled with the Holy Spirit once, and that was all there was to it. This is a bunch of the same people, and a lot of new ones, too. But... It says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and then they went out and preached the word of God with boldness. Man, that encourages me because if I look back to my baptism in the Holy Spirit back about 20 years ago, that was awesome and that was wonderful. But I tell you, I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit today and not just talk about that day, one day back then in 1997 when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, right? 95. 96. Yeah, 96. All right. No, 95. Okay. It's been a while. Been a minute or two. Decades. Okay. So there's something I see in all of this. And we are, we, we're, we're done. I'm done preaching. Okay. I, I just, I want to bring us to a, to a call to action today. Listen. The atmosphere of prayer attracts God. And I know I'm not the only one in this place that would say, I don't want church. I don't want religion. I don't want services. Choose from 17,000 options in Atlanta every weekend. I don't want church, just church. I want God. And I know you do too. The atmosphere of prayer, a culture of prayer is like a magnet for the presence of God. And I believe that's who you and I and we as a church family are called to be. We're called to be a people, a culture, an atmosphere of prayer. Why are we doing 21 days of fasting and prayer? And we're calling it a house of prayer because we're not just coming to pray once or twice. No, we're going to have prayer happening in this building every day of the week. And I don't think it's going to last 21 days, y'all. I think this is the beginning of a new season of prayer in our church. Uh, 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 the beginning, the start of a new season of a new or let's say an even more supercharged atmosphere of prayer because I know God is with us but I want to attract Him I want to host Him I don't want a little bit of His glory I want God. This is what I want. And I hope and I believe, I really believe this is our heart as a family, you guys. I really do.
And if this isn't your heart, I want want you to pray for God to give you this heart. I want God to look at us and go, I like it there. I like pouring out my, I like being there. Literally. I like being alive in that place. I want to be that. Do you want to be that? Just before we go into a time of prayer to end today, this year more than ever before, this is the call. I believe that God, and this is what God has placed on my heart. And I want to say it to each and every one of us. This year, maybe you've been like this before, but even more than before, make prayer the atmosphere of your heart. Develop, deepen, strengthen, intensify the atmosphere of prayer in your own heart and the atmosphere of our church. I'm inviting everybody. Listen, I know everybody can't come out every single day to pray. Some people might be able to, and that's wonderful. But we are, we are not just, we don't want to just say, God, we want to be a people of prayer. Woo! We want to do something about it. Just like last month, we said, we don't want to just say we're a missionary church. We're going to have half our church missing on a Sunday because we're all off in a foreign country preaching the gospel. We want to actually do what we say we are, right? And I don't want to just say as a theory, encounter church as a praying church. I know we are, but we're going to be more. I don't want to just hope that one day we'll have an atmosphere of prayer. I want to create the atmosphere of prayer. If we're going to experience open heaven this year, our position is prayer. That's our position. Prayer positions us. It puts us in the position for the outpouring of God's presence. If you want, you can go ahead and stand to your feet.